right, so we're here today uh, with a Nick's pick, something that uh, we are interested in and something that's been enriching to us. Um, and our first one is on the minor prophets. Now, this is very often neglected uh, portion of scripture. Mm -hmm. um, I remember once there was a preacher and he, he was going to preach on one of the minor prophets and he said, turn to the place in your Bible where all the pages are still stuck together. <laughs> uh, wh why do you think the minor prophets are often a neglected section of the Bible? I think perhaps one reason is that uh, the prophets themselves uh, the major prophets are so dominant in scripture, books like Isaiah and Daniel. And sometimes we miss out on the subtle distinctions and the benefits that the minor prophets give. So to kind of fill in the blank sometimes, things that we wouldn't catch otherwise. And so when we think about the minor prophets, we sometimes assume they have a minor message because they're called minor prophets. They're only called minor prophets because they're considerably smaller than the other. And in fact, in the Hebrew scripture, they were put together in one volume and just called the Twelve. Um, so if, if this is a section of scripture maybe that I am not familiar with, some, some of our listeners not quite sure about the minor prophets, not sure what they're talking about, don't have much experience with them, how would you advise people kind of wading into that pool, uh, getting their feet wet, so to speak? Right. Well, um, there are maybe three or four major issues when we turn to the minor prophets. Uh, one of them is a general problem looking at any prophecy book, and that is that you have these uh, four mountain peaks where the prophets are speaking to present need dealing with issues in the land, uh, whether they're misbehaving in their religious life, they're not looking after the widows, whatever it might be, the prophet speaks to the present issues. And then secondly, he warns of coming judgment. And the further we go along the track, the closer we get to the actual judgment falling first on Israel then on Judah, uh, the more uh, adamant they become that you've got to turn, and if you don't, uh, judgment is coming. And then thirdly, there is this line through many of them, not all of them, but looking forward to the coming of Messiah, and specifically uh, suffering Messiah who would come to die for their sins. And of course, uh, famous verses like My Micah 5 2 that identify Bethlehem as the place where the Messiah would be born. And then uh, we have this fourth theme, which is relative to the establishment of the eternal kingdom and the fact that he will rule forever and uh, you have this um, day of the Lord uh, mentioned many times over which sort of pull together in our thinking um, the Lord's return to earth, the judgment of the nations, the re restoration of Israel, the establishment of the kingdom, the millennial reign and the blessings of it, uh, uh, the destruction of Israel's enemies it's all wrapped up together in this phrase, the day of the Lord. So if we, if we put our fingers this way instead, and we have these 
four people standing on four mountain peaks all waving to us, sometimes it's hard to distinguish the valleys. And you'll have a scripture, for example, the famous one, Isaiah 61, that's not in the Minor Prophets, but a prophetic word where it seems to put together in one sentence uh, the first coming of the Lord to uh, show grace to the human race and bring salvation, and then also the day of vengeance of our God. And, and so that's all in one sentence, right? So sometimes it's difficult for us to distinguish which particular event in history is being uh, prophesied because of that. So that's a, that's a general issue relative to prophecy. Uh, the second issue is the verb tenses, because the prophetic past is often used in which God says something, as far as he is concerned, is already accomplished, even though historically it hasn't occurred yet. And this very much confused many people who try to see all of these prophetic details already fulfilled in history, and they don't see any future to them. Um, so when the Lord said to Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. At that point, he didn't even have one boy. So um, God is stating things as accomplished in his mind and therefore sure to happen, even though historically they hadn't unfolded yet. Uh, a third issue in dealing with the minor prophets has to do with uh, Hebrew idioms and turns of phrase that we're not familiar with. And uh, so sometimes when we read some of these statements, uh, it just doesn't connect with us at all. And we need a little background help. Um, the way the Jewish mind worked and how they used uh, figures of speech is really important. And of course, there's some massive works on figures of speech by people like Bollinger. Um, uh, that's really jumping in the deep end. But, but being aware of the fact that sometimes the Lord uses a phrase, I'm going to give you clean teeth, is not talking about dental hygiene. It's basically saying you're going to have a famine and there'll be nothing to, to, to leave anything between your teeth, right? Uh, so uh, learning these idioms, learning how the Hebrews thought about these things is, is crucial. And then I think another issue um, that we have to face is... Um, characters who stand in for other characters. So, um, you know, a classic example would be in the book of Zechariah, where the Lord says, uh, this is chapter 4, verse 7, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it, and so on. Well, it's not Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is a stand-in in history. He's a, a kind of prototype of the Lord Jesus who's going to come. Now, Zerubbabel would have been the high priest. Uh, pardon me. He would have been uh, the king uh, if, if the line hadn't been cut off at the time of uh, Jeconiah. So when we understand that some of these characters are actually... Uh, standing in for Jesus, um, and don't be confused by that. And there are other passages, Isaiah 9, 6, which seems to re be referring to someone at that time historically, uh, and they're a kind of prototype that would be fulfilled ultimately in Christ. There are other times where the nation of Israel is a stand-in for the Lord Jesus. So in the servant songs, 
uh, Jesus is the true Israel, the true prince with God. And so sometimes he's referred to as Israel, my servant. So these, again, are important to understand uh, if we're going to get the, get the context. And then um, I think one of the big challenges of the minor prophets, because they're so focused on the nation of Israel and Israel's enemies, uh, it's making practical application. And uh, we have to keep reminding ourselves all scriptural, uh, scripture is not only inspired, it's beneficial. And, uh, and we have to ask the Spirit of God to show us. Um, and this is uh, when I'm thinking about some of the, my books on the prophets, on the minor prophets. And we have um, uh, Feinberg, for example. Uh, Feinberg is one of the best um, interpreters of the minor prophets, to my mind. And we'll maybe talk about him a little later. But the, the, if you will, the weak spot in his books is that he only has one application, and that is preach the gospel to the Jews because their time is running out, right? So this is a challenge. You'll get more practical application from, for example, Harry Arnside, right? Where he doesn't give as much maybe of the Jewish thinking behind the books, which Feinberg can give us because he was a Jew, um, raised as an Orthodox Jew. Um, but uh, just the same, the, these books are helpful to us and they help kind of fill in the blanks. We, we don't want simply to read commentaries on the minor prophets and that's the end of the story. What we want to do is do our best and sometimes using a more modern translation will help us ex understand some of these things. Um, one of the complications is that some of the names that are used in the earlier books of the Bible, by the time we get to the Minor Prophets, they've been changed because they're now uh, names that are being given to them by the Gentile powers that have taken over. And so we have to have maybe a little a Bible atlas or a, or a Bible dictionary that helps us link up some of these names. And so uh, it, it's a jigsaw puzzle, and we're looking for clues. But just the same, the Spirit of God can take a little verse out of some of the minor prophets and speak to our hearts and encourage us. So I, I, I'm just, I really have been excited to study the minor prophets. Probably your, your question about where to start, um, obviously one of the easiest to us would be the book of Jonah, because Jonah has a narrative to mm -hmm. it that we can follow. Uh, but don't miss out on Jonah's meditations in the Psalms while he's in the, the belly of the fish, right? Um, don't miss out on uh, linking him with another of the prophets, which is written later. Um, we can remember them because Jonah and Nahum are the two books that deal with Nineveh. So the sort of the the first sound and the last sound of Nineveh uh, are found in the names of the book. So that's what I use as a little device to help me remember that. So Nahum is writing about a, the next generation of Ninevites and how they have completely rebelled against the Lord and are going to have judgment brought upon them. But that's sort of two sides of the story. In the one case, it's the reluctant prophet. It's God dealing with his prophet. In the other case, He's dealing with the people in Nineveh. So uh, I, I, I'm really excited when I read, especially Zechariah. Zechariah, he connects all the dots. Yeah. Um, he, he pulls together all of the themes 
that are flowing through the other books and kind of puts a bow on them for us. So yeah, that, I, that's a great book to, to read through. I, I like the what you mentioned with the four themes. And e, well, even if you're just reading, not necessarily studying, you, you do a read through the Bible, something like that. And as, when you hit the Minor Prophets, being conscious of those four themes and saying, okay, this this seems to be a present issue versus this is looking forward to the day of the Lord and, and, and noticing that and even making marks of that through, through your Bible. Uh, I think that is very helpful. And then, like you were saying with that application and, and taking time to prayerfully meditate and saying, how does this connect? not just with other portions of scripture like you referenced with Jonah or Zechariah, how, how many connections it has elsewhere, but how does that connect with me, connect to the world around me, um, and, and to prayerfully meditate through that. But yeah. then also those other tools, uh, some of the authors you mentioned, are helpful study, study methods. And, and in other episodes, mm-hmm. we talk about the difference between reading, meditating, and study. And so I, I like just the different tools and suggestions given and how it can it really hits all those different methods no matter what whether you're reading or studying uh the minor prophets it really gives you that next step right one one book that um i might want to encourage people to get um is the book by uh published by john ritchie in the what the bible teaches series which goes through um, most of them, there, there are two volumes actually that cover the minor prophets and uh, n- number one, they are seriously biblical following the text phrase by phrase. Number two, um, they are um, comprehensive and number three, they have in them a bibliography with uh, recommendations like this book uh, uh, is helpful on these few chapters, but not complete, not exhaustive. Or this book um, uh, has a lot of devotional thoughts, but not much historical information, or whatever. So they'll actually evaluate pretty much all the books that are worth having a look at. Um, they have it right in there. So those are those are very helpful volumes. Good, um, yeah, and like you were saying, resources pointing to other resources. Those yeah, are, yeah. yeah. Arno Gabeline has some good books on the Minor Prophets. He was uh, the the premier preacher um, a generation ago and uh, published a magazine called Our Hope, which was very strongly pro-Jew, uh, uh, encouraging, uh, evangelizing the Jew and caring for the Jew. And this, of course, was during and through the Second World War and the time when the Jews were so abused by the Third Reich. So... Uh, those are yeah, those are helpful books. There are lots of other books here that we have on the minor prophets, but um, I I would encourage them uh, to think about uh, some of those. Uh, another uh, I think important issue when we think about the minor prophets, as far as application is concerned, is to see that in a sense there are parallels with the New Testament church. So the issue of looking after the widows and the poor and so on becomes a big issue in the New Testament. And in fact, the deacons were appointed specifically with this role. Um, there are a lot of Christians, if you were to ask them, give me a list of the widows in your local church, they they wouldn't really know. Um, certainly the widows in our community 
Um, this is something that we're called on to do and to care for the poor. It's not a, a theme that evangelicals have majored on, but mm -hmm. the minor prophets certainly do. And the New Testament, there was a care for the poor. The Lord Jesus clearly had a care for the poor. So that's a kind of a, a, an application that we should draw and we should apply in our own lives. And that's uh, when, when they're doing the check between the apostles over the gospel. They said, make sure this is something you don't forget. You yeah. know, it, it's yeah. put right up there as one of the major yeah. em, uh, emphasis. For sure. And another very practical uh, application, of course, is uh, the preparation of our lives in the light of the coming of the Lord. Now, in the case of these people, it was primarily his first coming that they were getting ready for. We're getting ready for a second coming, but the principles are the same. Mm -hmm. The need to uh, for inward purity, for um, being serious in our lives, for accomplishing God's will while we have time, because we don't have forever. So those are some good uh, general applications, I think, uh, from the Minor Prophets. Good. Um, I think a lot of the things that you referenced with um, the, the way things are worded, and especially this idea of prophecy, you, you mentioned Zechariah, and there's a lot of visions, um, and mm -hmm. we, see, we see things like that um, through the Prophets. Uh, as well as the major prophets. And um, we're going to have episodes just on that, you know, some tips and tricks on how to do that, how to approach those, um, because that is, you know, it, it can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. you, you open up and you're like, what is going on? Um, but I think, again, just looking at it with with those things in mind, who is it talking to? Is this about the present need is this about a future day, uh, future judgment, um, and and all and keeping the context in line is this: um, where does this fall? Who is it referring to? You mentioned uh, it really focuses on Israel, but then also the enemies like Jonah and Nahum are about Nineveh, whereas Obadiah is about Edom, and so you do have Amos kind of hits it all over the place and. And so keeping those things in mind and using some helpful tools. Um, but then, uh, again, prayerfully meditating through these mm -hmm. and relying on the Spirit um, is going to really help with these. And I like those points with seeing the commonalities in the minor prophets where you see God speaking to his people um, as they're essentially just living life, right? This is God communicating through the prophets. Whereas in the New Testament, you have through the apostles, God's communicating to his people as they're uh, attempting to work out his will and correcting them where, where they need to be corrected. Right, right. Yeah. I think one of the um, helpful uh, approaches too is to see where the minor prophets quote the other books of the Bible and where the New Testament writers quote the minor prophets. Mm -hmm. So we have, uh, as it were, two sets of references to help us understand because, quite frankly, uh, the best commentaries on the Bible are the other books of the Bible, right? Yeah. So how they understood these verses and how they used them 
is going to be really helpful to us. So, of course, uh, a well-known two-volume series. They're hard to get a hold of, but if you can find them, they're worth the price by Fred Stalin. F.E. Stalin wrote uh, Things Written Aforetime and Things Written for Our Learning, in which he looks at every Old Testament reference quoted in the New Testament and every Old Testament allusion, where it's not a specific word by word, but right. the idea is used in the New Testament. And those are very helpful books. Uh, but it's a good way of thinking when there's a quotation uh, to find out how that's linked in right. the rest of the Bible. So, um, as it has been said, the Bible was the first hyperlinked book where right. we have all of these wonderful paths, inspired paths, that we can take when we're studying the Minor Prophets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, just in, in regular Bible study, too, uh, I know sometimes as you're reading, you the, your Bible will indicate this is a quotation and how that's such a good practice to not just go and, and see where it is, but then right. to, to expand there. And it takes time. It takes a little bit of sure. extra time, especially when it pulls you to a minor prophet and something, a passage you're not familiar with. But then I like what you're saying. Let's say I'm studying the New Testament. It links me back to the minor prophet. And then seeing it not just as an opportunity to pull from the minor prophet to enrich the New Testament passage, but the other way around. Yeah. So he's talking about this, and that gives new light on the passage in the minor prophet as, yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, as we close this out on the minor prophets, whole mm -hmm. section, we could dive into any one of these books, and, and maybe we will in a, in a future time. But as we, we look through this, um, what has been probably, just closing out, um, you, for you personally, your favorite thing uh, about your time in the Minor Prophets? What, what would you say uh, has been something that you've been most enriched by? When I was a young believer, uh, I got a hold of a book by Everyday Publications called 12 Men with a Message. And it was uh, a great uh, door opener for me. And it, uh, it's a bit like uh, taking a child and putting them in the pool and holding their tummy while they kick and wave their arms around yeah. and learn that it's, it's, they're not going to die today. <laughs> and, and that they can maybe do this, right? Yeah. And, and so it doesn't give all the background, all the details, all of the Hebrew meaning of the Hebrew words. But it gives you, a, a, just sort of takes you on a, a general tour and gives you a sense of familiarity so that you can launch into it. So that, that was a, a really helpful intro to me in studying the Minor Prophets. Uh, when it comes to an area that I felt was hugely enriching to me, it probably was the series of night visions that Zechariah had and understanding those, they are like uh, a, a diorama of, of uh, Bible prophecy uh, that covers everything from the judgment on the nations, the restoration of Israel, uh, the bringing in of this huge unnumbered host of Gentiles during the tribulation of all things, um, uh, how Christ is going to establish his kingdom, 
uh, how he is going to end the rule of evil in the world. It's just wonderful. They're, yeah. they are, and, and they're such graphic illustrations like the, the posse that rides in and, and airmail, the flying scroll, the long arm of the law. Um, it's just, it's so exciting. And, and many of the pictures will show up in the New Testament mm. where you have the idea about the stone that was rejected and that has become the headstone of the corner. So even a person who has a, a cursory knowledge of the New Testament, they'll see some familiar ideas there. And, but I, I would say if you can lay hold of those night visions, um, you've got a picture gallery that will help you hugely wherever you go in the Minor Prophets. Well, good, good. I, I hope that that'll be a, a boost to get people to jump into Zechariah and, and to look through that. For me, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, Haggai. Haggai has been uh, such a, a wealth of... Uh, applicable information and, and to look through those and to to prayerfully meditate through the things um, after the people have come back from captivity how do you get going on a, a spiritual project for God and, and to think about that and, and they start going the wrong way and they get on the right path and then they stay on the right path and, and as a Christian how, how seeing that in other people's lives and benefiting from that has been hugely encouraging for me. Excellent. Well, thank you. Well, I hope our little discussion from our own personal studies has benefited you in equipping you for the next time that you're in the Minor Prophets and hopefully inspired you to go take a dive into those waters as well. Thanks again for joining us at Enjoy the Book of Life.